I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. many different variables that make you feel that you have this inner dialogue going on that something is just not right that's taking you away from being present with whatever you know you are doing on that particular day and so when you can find that ability to express yourself and you feel in alignment you feel confident that you can be truly present without all of this inner dialogue and drama going on in your head which is taking you away from connection and that connection makes you feel all of us makes you feel so good Hello, magical friends. It's Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And when Your Own Magic started in 2017, the initial intention of the podcast was to really just connect with a variety of visionaries and humans who are simply living their own magic to help us unleash our own magic. And then for a long time, I felt like I needed to get back to this intention as I feel it's best for our humans and for our souls to expand our knowledge of a variety of fields and just how a variety of different people live their magic because there are so many things that we can relate to and connect with but also learn from even if it's a field that we are not either interested in or just not in or not aware of perhaps you didn't realize that there are certain aspects that your human, your soul might have been curious about. And so I've been lighted lately getting back to that intention to talk to people in a field similar to my own, but also in a field completely different from my own. And it's exciting today to talk to someone in the entertainment field who is perhaps I'd say a mogul. I mean, she's even worked on some of my favorite movies of all time. I'm a typical girl's girl. I love Bridesmaids, which is perhaps my favorite movie. And she worked on that film along with a variety of others I just love. And so I'm happy to introduce today award-winning Hollywood costume designer, private stylist, and the founder of the Health and Wellness of Style, 
Lisa Evans, and we talk about a variety of things. I mean, of course, I was curious about her process in creating unique costumes for characters and what happens when she gets the script, but we also dive into using clothing as a tool for your mental health, your confidence, your self-expression, and she's also pro-sustainability, so she talks about the importance of that as she's a tree hugger, a mama earth lover, so she likes to keep that in mind when she dresses actors or even her private clients. But there are just so many nuggets of gold throughout this episode that may ignite something within you that I'm excited for you to hear. And her personal philosophy and professional inspiration are drawn from a lifelong commitment to fashion, individuality, and the art of storytelling. And so, with all that being said, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Elisa Evans. excited and honored to have Lisa Evans, a well-renowned costume designer and so much more on the show. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. This is great. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Yay! And I'm just fascinated by people who dedicate their life to an industry and basically take over. And you did from a young age and you've been there for a while and I'm just fascinated by uh, the fact that you you honestly, the, a lot of the movies that I love you've been a costume designer for and it's so exciting like bridesmaids for example is my top favorite movie of all time <laughs> i i mean i still love watching bridesmaids too uh, it was a little fun <laughs> project to work on and i'm such a fan and good friend of kristen wiggs and annie mumolo who they you know wrote this co-wrote the script together yeah and I love Judd Apatow and Rose Byrne and I mean the entire cast and and crew was a really it was a really fun experience. That is great. When I Googled you, one of the first articles wrote that you're Judd Apatow's go-to costume designer. And I was like, you're joking. This is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I've loved working with Judd. It's been a great experience and you know, we definitely worked on so many projects together and I just I really admire him and think he's smart and um, super intelligent and really creative and and so I've, I feel fortunate. What is the relationship like between the director, the producer, and the costume designer? How do you, does the producer get involved with uh, what you do, or do they just are they all hands off and just trust whatever you do? You know, it's always kind of a collaborative effort. Um, depending on the project, there's different people work in different ways and you just find whatever works on that particular project. Um, Sometimes, you know, the director will really have a very clear vision. Oftentimes, if the director is then also the writer, then, you know, of course, there's more conversations that are um, with the director and, and the producers really always there from a creative standpoint to help support the project and what ends up on screen, which is the most important. So, you know, I find just different projects. I, you know, I work with different people in different ways and, and the collaborative process in the best case scenario is two heads are better than one and three heads are better than two and so on and so forth that everybody's coming to the table with something really interesting And as a result, it just continues to get better. You know, of course, does that happen every time? No, but in a perfect world, it does. And it's and it's really a fun process. I love hearing that the movies I love were a collaborative effort. The one question that I ask all the guests before we begin, and I have yet to ask you, is what is lighting you up most in this season of your life? You know, I think the thing that I that really inspires me the most right now that gets me excited is this sort of idea that um, as I continue to work in a creative field, I find more creative people to collaborate with. And so many people are inspiring me in whichever field they are, you know, whether I'm working on a project that's sometimes I work on home projects. And if I'm doing something like that, I'm inspired by other interior designers and 
um, craftsmen that do incredible work. If I'm working on, you know, a styling project, I'm inspired by the people I'm helping from a private client standpoint and what they're doing in the world. It's really, I think, people and um, creative, communicative, collaborative, you know, kind of experiences that that I'm continually and especially now um, fueled and and fired up about. Mm, I love to hear it. That is beautiful. And I'd also love to hear your story, you from a young age that led you to become a true purveyor of style and work in the entertainment industry and dedicate your life to the craft of costume design. And I know so much more. Yeah, you know, um, I grew up sort of in the fashion business. My mother was initially a jewelry designer when I was little and then went into um, being a fashion designer and then really did a lot of couture, um, one-of-a-kind gowns and and uh, couture collections. And so it was a really fun upbringing. And just by osmosis, I would pick up everything from the design process to manufacturing and sales and retail and wholesale and it was a really it was a really creative upbringing and I think you know I wasn't really sure what I wanted to be doing I just knew it would be something within art or fashion that would ultimately be the right place for me and I remember it's sort of a hilarious story but I had a big crush, big crush on a boy when I was um, about 19 or 20. And he was working in the film business as a cameraman. And I thought that was sounded like the coolest job. So of course, I just, you know, off the cuff said, well, maybe I should do that. (laughs) Immediately told me, oh, well, you know, it's really hard to get into. And you have to have a certain amount of connections and you have to do this and you have to do that. And he's like, it's just not for everyone. And the way he said it to me just struck me as he didn't think it was for me. So, of course, initially it spurred me to say, well, if you can do it. I mean, I'm a girl that grew up with all brothers. So I was always sort of like, Mm. "If they can do it. I can do it. You can do it. I can do it. You know, so. At first, there was a little bit of that. You know, I just wanted to see what it was all about. But it was one of those miraculous and amazing experiences the first day I walked into the costume house. And it was this um, floor to ceiling uh, filled with racks of clothes, a warehouse the size of a football field, and all the clothes were organized by time period and by country and, and just really... Uh, awe-inspiring from the moment I walked in. And I had that really distinct feeling that that was exactly where I was meant to be. So I worked for probably six or eight months as an intern for free. And I just got my, you know, my feet wet and jumped in, pushed up my sleeves and just thought this is, this is just too much fun. And it incorporated things that I always had loved. I mean, I loved, I always loved vintage clothes growing up. You know, obviously I said I grew up in fashion, so I had a really good working knowledge of fashion. And there were just things that were so creative about the job that I felt so grateful to be there. And I, I really never looked back. I just dove in head first and thought eventually um, I would get opportunity. And that's exactly kind of what happened. And so I swear I'm still friends with this boy I had a crush on. You are? I was going to ask. Have you worked with him? Yeah. And because um, our, our mothers were friends, so we were family friends. And and I, I'm so grateful to him for giving me the impetus to try out this thing that really has been a life of of creative adventures. Okay, challenge accepted. And look at you now and you're thriving. And I mean, and he knows this, right? Is he still in the industry himself? Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, it was it was a nice push. And and clearly just the push I needed because I really yeah. at that point wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to be doing. I had been Um, going to school for fine art and for fashion. And I 
I was in, you know, I was in art school, but I just really didn't have a clear understanding of which path and which direction to go down. So I'm grateful to him for helping me find my path. Okay, this is pretty awesome. So if you are into science-backed products when it comes to your health, your gut health, but also woman-owned products, I must introduce you to Equilibria. I'm so thankful I discovered them this year. I mean, Equilibria, they help you take on your wellness journey knowing that you have a dedicated one-on-one -on -one support to help you achieve your goals. So it's not like you're just taking a pill mindlessly. You actually get one-on-one -on -one support. That's awesome. And their signature product, which is EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense, it comes in a convenient three-in-one capsule form. And so this is specifically formulated to bolster digestive health and fortify gut barrier protection, among other benefits. And we know that a balanced gut not only enhances our immunity, but also contributes to our overall mental well-being and our quality of sleep, of course, having efficient digestion and even radiant skin. But what distinguishes Equilibria's probiotic supplement is its meticulous selection, which is tailored to women's health needs. And of course, like I said, science-backed, and they're also ensuring affordability without compromising potency. And as someone who once struggled pretty severely with gut health issues for years, I intensified my focus on gut health in, I'd say around 2020 and I'm thrilled to have recently discovered these products this year as of course they're backed by research for women's well-being they're women-owned and they support overall microbiome health warding off harmful bacteria and enhancing our nutrient absorption so head to myeq.com and use code magic for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more that's myeq.com Com and use code MAGIC at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So, Hormone Harmony is for any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances, and it's perfect for symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone if you know what I mean, and also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things and for a limited time you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code magic for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you. Now you are working in some of the, the biggest movies and you also have a clothing line with Amy Schumer, which we'll talk about. But first, I want to ask you about the movie process. If you could paint a picture for us, you get the script, you perhaps are understanding the characters. I don't know exactly how you go into this prep. So I'm curious, what is your prep like for each movie? You know, generally, I get the script, I read it, and I just allow my mind to go wild in terms of pure creativity, you know, and just think about how I would want to tell that story through the character's clothing. Because, you know, you can you see someone, you meet them on screen, and you know almost exactly who they are from the moment you meet them. You know, there's a particular type of person that wears a particular type of thing. You know, when someone's a business person, oftentimes they're in a suit. Someone's an artist, they have a more creative style. You know, you really, you learn something about people so quickly on screen. And then, you know, sometimes we're really trying to evoke a particular type of emotion from people, you know, um, 
take Bridesmaids, for example, you know, you really get this sort of sweet vulnerability from Kristen Wiig's character right from the very beginning. You can tell she's feeling a bit insecure and she doesn't have it together. And then you come to meet Rose Byrne's character who just seemingly has it all perfectly together, you know, and you see a lot of that through their clothes and then how they end up having so much in common and you, they sort of meet in the middle with their style and, and their personalities and, and so much of that, that story that can be told is, is in those moments where you see the contrast of what someone's life is like, one of the characters, and then another person's life is like, and just how, how so much of it is just our, our um, expression of ourselves, you know, because because style uh, is so not dictated ultimately by, you know, where you're from or your age or your gender or your economic level. You know, a lot of times style is just something if used in, um, in a more psychological way to express yourself really can create a certain individuality that um, individuality that I love. And this makes sense as well, especially since Bridesmaids, for example, you're talking about how in the beginning she's insecure. She's, I remember she was a little lost and perhaps you used clothing that also translated that. And perhaps it would also make Kristen Wig feel a certain way as well. Do you think about that for every character? Like when this actor uh, comes with these clothes, like I want to instill confidence or I want them to, you know, reflect whatever the script is saying. Yeah, we definitely do. And and in the fitting, it really is so obvious when something is working and they're really starting to embody the character. And then when something isn't working and, you know, you can say, oh, that's a little too dressy in, in the sense of, say, Kristen's character. That seems too polished for this portion of the film you know, let's, you know, let's make all the jackets a little bit more vintage, she doesn't ha- quite have the funds yet to buy things that, you know, are new. And there's just this, you know, she's doing the best she can. And, and that's what makes you fall in love with her and root for her, you know, that you know, that she doesn't have it all together, and that she knows that, but she's a really, you know, lovely person who's a very clearly a very loyal friend. And, and wants to be an important part of, you know, Maya Rudolph's character's wedding and, and doesn't want to get left behind. And so you really, you know, you want, you keep rooting for her and you're like, you can, you've got this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing as well, the wedding dress scene. That is one of the funniest scenes in cinematic history. I swear. (laughs) What were some of your favorite looks to create for bridesmaids? I think, you know, ultimately the wedding dress that, (laughs) you know, it's, it was just so many ruffles. And when I was designing the gown, you know, I kept showing sketches to Judd and he's like, well, well, what would be crazier? Well, what would be crazier? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, we want it to be crazy. I get that. But we also want to be able to take one thing off and make it work because in the, you know, the film, Kristen really helps her, Maya's character, you know, fix it so that she can feel confident and go and get married because she realizes how important this is to her. So, um, so, you know, we made that one additional sleeve that was just an insane amount of ruffles and it was such a fun process. And there were these moments when, you know, we would just be cracking up on set and trying to, um, you know, to just keep adding ruffles to the point of where it was just so extreme. <laughs> That's so great. Oh my gosh, I want to watch Bridesmaids tonight now. <laughs> I know. I, I really, every once in a while, I'll put it on and I'll f- have forgotten yeah. a particular scene and I'll just laugh all over again. And, you know, I mean, Kristen is such a talk about collaborator. I think you know, she's such a creative person. You know, she's the kind of person who, um, when she puts her mind to something, you know, if she wants to sing, she has a beautiful voice. If she, 
is going to dance. She's incredibly graceful. You know, she can paint and she can play musical instruments. I mean, there's just literally nothing she can't do. She's such a creative person. And so she's really open and, and interested in collaborating. And, and that's what's so joyful about working with her. Oh, that's amazing to hear. She's not only one of my favorite, actually, no, yeah, just my favorite comedian, but also one of my favorite actresses. Yeah. So this is so nice to hear. dramatic and comedy. I mean, I, yeah. I just think she is... And, and such an incredible talent. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. And I knew Kristen, I've worked with her a bunch of times, but I had known her um, before Bridesmaids. So just working on Bridesmaids was such a fun experience because I already had a working relationship with her and we were friends. Same with Rose Byrne and same, you know, with Melissa. And it was just such a good group of people that you know, when you work with people time and time again, you just have a different shorthand and you go into it just excited about the process and excited and, and can't wait for the fitting. And it's just going to be so fun to create this character, you know? Oh, that is so cool to hear. I love hearing the behind the scenes in a sense. What are some other other movies that you really enjoyed, some favorite movies you've worked on? Um, I loved that movie, uh, Five Year Engagement. Oh, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed working with Emily Blunt and with Jason Siegel. I've done a ton of projects with him, and he's such a talent, and so is Emily. Um, that was a fun project, and, and Nick Stoller directed it, who I've worked with a lot. Um, I absolutely love that movie, Always Be My Maybe, with Ali Wong. Um, in Randall Park. That's a newer one, uh, right? Like in the past few years. Yeah. I need to watch it. I need yeah. to watch it. Oh, you will love it. You will absolutely love it. I like Ali Wong. She's funny. Ali is great. Her she wrote the script with Randall. Um, Randall's just honestly such a great guy. I've done so many projects with him. And Ninochka Khan directed um, the film, and she is one of my most favorite. Uh, collaborators I've ever worked with she's so open and willing to let you do your best job and it's such a refreshing experience where you know you just feel like you can spread your wings as far as they can go and she's excited about what you're bringing to the table because sometimes on on films you have you know there's certain parameters you know the scene calls for a particular thing so you don't necessarily always want the fashion to you know sort of topple the the writing or the sentiment you know and so if it's a really like everyone's hanging out at home you don't want some sort of ball gown that doesn't make any sense you know, <laughs> well, yeah, so, true. You know but there, within that there's always you know an interpretation of it and I think that's what's cool about Ninochka Khan is that she's always interested in hearing the interpretation and and allowing it better to be better than what she had imagined which is really just it's unique and special and and she's really fun to work with so yeah and you know I mean honestly there's something great about every project I've ever worked on I can't think of a single project that I didn't learn something enjoy something (laughs) been overwhelmed with the problem solving aspect of it you know there's so many right there's so many pieces of the puzzle you know and it's never just one thing so and you do learn something new on every single job there's not a job that you're like oh I've got this I've done this all before because it's always you know creative and new content so you know what's in the script is not exactly like what was in the previous script, you know? So, right. yeah. And when people think of people like you who have a very successful path and trajectory in a very desirable industry, sometimes they think that it was probably easy or they were, they had an easy in, you know, but there were obviously challenges along the way and perhaps even failures and rejection and mistakes along the way that you experience. Do you have any standout memories that come to mind in retrospect that perhaps you're grateful for today and learn from that experience? I mean, it's, it's full of what you're saying. You know, it's an incredible amount of hard work. 
you know, being involved in the movie business in general, because there's very long hours. It's a very time sensitive um, industry. So you have a short amount of time to do a lot of work. Um, Sometimes it topples your work life balance. It can if you're not, you know, really good at um, stepping away and making sure that the that your home life is is balanced with your work life on a, on a daily basis. Um, you know, there's so many talented people out there. So you're, if you don't have already a working relationship with a particular, um, producer, director, or actor on a project. So sometimes you're going up against other people and sometimes it's, it's really just about that a particular person had a take on the script that was most like what the director, the producer, or the writer was thinking. And so there was an easy relationship um, from the get-go. And so somebody else might get the job and that's okay because that person was right for the job. And there are are plenty of um, opportunities to work, you know, and so you have to just believe that if that job wasn't right for you, there would be another one that would be. But because we all work in a freelance business and you don't get a regular paycheck, I think some people can get, you know, quite scared um, at the process of, you know, when, when will be my next project? How long will the project be? You know, there's things like that. I think probably when you're younger in this business that you, that are much more paramount in importance, um, than when you've had the good fortune to have a consistent amount of work and then you learn over time to really take on the projects that you really feel passionate about. I kind of have, you know, a hard and fast rule about what kind of projects I take on, especially now because they are so labor intensive and take up so much time. So, you know, if it's something that's, you know, ultimately creative, I... I'll take it because I'm excited about doing something that stretches my own um, parameters of creativity, right? Um, or if I'm have the opportunity to work with someone who I really admire and I've either worked with them before or someone I've always wanted to work with, you know, so there's there's different reasons to take on projects. Sometimes might not be as creative but the experience is wonderful you love the people so you're so happy to be involved in it you know and it might not require like as creative as a process as the previous job or future jobs you know things things are different from job to job you know sometimes I'm required to make 98% of the costumes so and even sometimes making the fabric to make the costumes. Um, you know, so it's different jobs require you to sort of be flexible and and really get into whatever the design concept is of that particular project. Make the fabric. Wow. And I mean, how nice is that? That's so nice that you are in this position. Well-deserved as well, because you've worked so hard on so many projects and, you know, you've connected with so many people and you've, you know, done wonderful work. But to be able to now you get to kind of choose in a sense when the opportunity is there, like yes or no, if something is interesting. But for those that perhaps want to break into the costume design industry today, especially the entertainment industry, do you have any tips for that? You know, I mean, it definitely needs to be something that you're really passionate about. Because like I said, it is it it is very labor intensive. And the hours can be very long. Um, but I think if you are passionate about it, I think there's a variety of opportunities, um, to sort of work your way up and working your way up is a great way to see all the different jobs, um, on the film or on the TV show so that you can really figure out what it is that you want to be doing. So you might be a production assistant for the art department, or you might be one for the costume department or, working in production in general for the assistant directors, you know, there's so many different jobs on set, you know, you might get an opportunity um, to be a background artist, and then you'll see the process of going through 
hair, makeup, and wardrobe on a daily basis to go to set. You know, there's so many different things that you could be doing, but I do think that being a production assistant um, and having the ability to work your way up gives you a better view of the entire project in general and then figure out sort of which direction you want to go in. And from that point, I know that there are different internship programs um, in all the different uh, unions that you can um, get an opportunity to sort of learn and be mentored by people who, you know, are have long been in the industry and have a great deal of experience and wisdom to impart. So that's sort of my, you know, general um, tip of, of what to do is that don't be afraid to start at, you know, the bottom, so to speak, but to see it as an opportunity and more of a uh, a school or a learning experience because mm-hmm. you really do get to see so much and be involved in things that inspire you to go in the direction and find your path. Mm, that's such great advice. And I feel like it would be exciting for people that are interested in this to start at the bottom because then, I mean, how rewarding is it to not only work your way up, but to just really see a variety of aspects. And I mean, that's also kind of how people get in anyway. So you kind of have to. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think that it's, um, I know in, t- in today's day and age, sometimes because you know, I mean, I'm not blaming social media. um, But I think sometimes social media just makes it appear that everything is just so easy. And then suddenly one day, you know, someone is in school and the next day, they're a costume designer or a celebrity stylist or, but really, there, there's so much that goes into it. And working as a production assistant, and or an intern, just starts to it starts to build your repertoire of not only what to do, but also what not to do, because we're all, I mean, this business is wrought with mistakes and mishaps. And, you know, it's all about how we creatively problem solve in order to get through these very, um, you know, time sensitive, big projects that, you know, sometimes we're just um, all hands on deck you know, hand stitching something. And other times, you know, we're all sitting back and enjoying the fruits of our labor. So it's really, and it, and you never know which day is going to be which, <laughs> which outcome. Yeah. you on your toes like that. That is one interesting thing. I know my friends in the industry, they have such, it, they just never know what their season is going to be like. They can't really always plan five months ahead because you just don't know. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. And there's all these pleasant surprises, you know, or you're just imagining you're going to do one thing. I always tell my assistants, you have to be prepared that in the morning you think you're going to do X And two minutes later, you find out you're going to do Y. And then three minutes later, it's back to X. And four minutes later, it's on to (laughs) A, B, C, and D. You know what I mean? So keeps you on your toes. Yeah, yeah, keeps you on your toes. Don't have, you know, a specific expectation. And just allow yourself to be part of the flow of the process. Because so much of the time, it's so much bigger than us. Especially during COVID, you know, you think you're going to shoot a particular scene, you find out somebody has COVID, everything gets changed, we're all scrambling, you know, I mean, it's, you just have to constantly be um, not taking it to heart, and just laughing at the, um, you know, sort of erratic nature of this business. Right, you can't get attached, I could imagine, because also, I'm talking about when you first, for example, design something you love. Has this ever happened where you worked so hard, perhaps even started from the fabric and you worked so hard on a piece and it gets scrapped because. Oh yeah. Uh. <laughs> know. Sometimes it'll get scrapped because we didn't end up shooting that scheme, that scene because there were um, specific script rewrites and that scene no longer worked, but you had been working on it for however long Sometimes you do shoot it, but then it ends up on the cutting room floor and it never makes it into the project. You know, that happened to me 
a lot on Zoolander 2. I made thousands and thousands of costumes, but at the end of the day, what worked in the editing room, you know, really was what what made the film work. And so, you know, you'll remember certain costumes like, oh, that what happened to that whole sequence or that whole scene? And, you know, it didn't make it in the film. Mm, but, but now you have that costume available. Could you use it elsewhere? Sometimes yes. Most times no. no Zoolander is very unique. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just that project to project, depending on the studio, the studios, you know, have different policies on what they do with the costumes at the end of a production. So sometimes they do, it doesn't become available for so long and then if you're working on a project that's not with the same studio, then it's not even available to you anyway. So Interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a business. It's business. <laughs> it's business. It is what it is. Yeah. And it's a good lesson. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that in a variety of different industries, we all kind of have to learn the same emotional lessons or just lessons in non-attachment and lessons in just letting it, letting it be, letting it go. It's absolutely true. I think I think we all have to understand that, you know, and the pandemic was such a, you know, pivotal moment for so many people mm-hmm. to realize things are different than what we imagined them to be. And when we learn to be a little bit more flexible, we can actually enjoy the process instead of fighting against it. Yeah. You know, and I think that that, that idea that joy um, is really what to focus our effort and energy on, that if we're working to find what we're passionate about to be joyful, if we're not working, what to spend our creative moments on to be joyful, who to spend that time with, how to spend the time, you know, and time is just such a um, a you know. I guess I, I I guess I would say this that time is a commodity, and it is something that is worth everything. So all of a sudden, if you're working in the film business, you know, three years can go by in a blink of an eye because you did three long projects back to back. And you're like, you wake up and you say, oh, my God, I haven't been, you know, I've been working out of the country. I I haven't been back to see my friends and family in such a long time. These things really do happen, you know. So I think sometimes with time, you know, just really making the most of it, you know, doing as many things as you possibly can to take advantage of, of that time and, and appreciate it and be grateful for it. Mm, so beautifully said. So beautifully said, Lisa. These are your words. I love this. You said, I love to create the feeling of confidence when dressing someone, whether it's a character who needs to exude authority and influence or an individual I'm working with one-on-one who wants to be more confident. It delights me to know I've helped someone feel amazing in their daily life. And this is so true. It's interesting. I think it's great that you work one-on-one with clients as well. And why do you think there's such a strong correlation between what we wear and how it influences how we feel our confidence? You know, I think that we all need to express ourselves and who we truly are uh, in an exterior way on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's very hard to articulate who you truly are. And when you find the clothes that can express who you are, you, you really feel in alignment and you feel confident that you're putting your best foot forward. And it's just that very simple idea, you know, good outfit, good day, bad outfit, bad day. You know, because in those moments when you're having that bad day and your outfit is uncomfortable, it's you don't care for the fit, you don't care for the color, you feel you're too dressed, too underdressed, 
you know, it's too big, it's too small. I mean, there's so many different variables that make you feel that you have this inner dialogue going on, that something is just not right. That's taking you away from being present with whatever, you know, you are doing on that particular day. And so when you can find that ability to express yourself and you feel in alignment, you feel confident that you can be truly present without all of this inner dialogue and drama going on in your head, which is taking you away from connection. And that connection makes you feel, all of us, makes you feel so good. You could talk to someone for two minutes, you can talk to someone for 20 minutes, someone you've known all your life, but when you feel good, you just, the interaction is just um, worth everything. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Absolutely. Now you have a clothing line since 2018, which it seems as though it helps women of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds to feel confident in themselves. And I remember Amy Schumer talking about your line, your guys's line together, LaCloud on someone's podcast. I think it was Armchair Expert. I don't remember who, but I remember her talking about LaCloud on a podcast and what is the purpose of LaCloud? Why did you feel this nudge to create this together? Um, initially, we wanted to create it because, you know, Amy is hilarious and she hasn't always, I think, loved um, the process of needing to get dressed a particular way. She's always wanted to be herself. And, you know, she would always jokingly say to me, you know, does it feel like a cloud? you know, when we would have fittings. And I was like, no, Amy, it doesn't feel like a cloud. It's soft, but it doesn't feel like a cloud. <laughs> I'm like, but not everything is like a cloud, you know, and we would just joke around, you know, especially if she needed to do something for red carpet or that kind of thing. Um, and ultimately, we just said, well, well, why doesn't it? And why can't it? And should we just make a clothing line that everything does feel like a cloud? And so it was, you know, and everything that was comfortable and flattering and, you know, you could wear it walking your dog um, <laughs> or you could wear it to a party or to dinner with friends. You could wear it to work. You know, there, we just wanted to create pieces that were effortlessly easy. And the process was really fun. You know, we're not we haven't done a collection in a little while, but, you know, we we had a great time doing it and we learned a lot as you do. Um, we had a lot of support from the Hudson Bay Company, which owns uh, Saks Fifth Avenue and Saks Off Fifth and among other companies. And they really helped us um, sort of form uh, the process of manufacturing. And, you know, we're getting better all the time, all of us, you know, trying to learn about sustainability and size inclusivity. Yes. And what people want and what makes people feel good. And that's really the emphasis of, of everything, you know, I might do going forward just to really support people to get into that alignment with themselves and be able to express themselves um, in a way that makes them able to connect, you know, and be present because that's taking full advantage of the time we have, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. I could not agree more. And I'm thankful that you are uh, seeking that out for the future. And you also mentioned sustainability and earlier you mentioned you were into vintage clothing when you were younger. And so I'm curious how often you incorporate old vintage pieces now, or you intend to for costume design, uh, but just for, you know, sustainability factor upcycling, I believe it's called. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always used vintage clothes and a mix of new in everything I've done because I think there's a timeless quality to it. 100%. You know, if you look at fashion um, up until the 70s, you know, you look at the 20s, there was a really particular style, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, 
the 60s. And once we got to the 70s, yes, there's been trends um, for every decade and different time period, but now it's anything goes. You could just as well be wearing a 1950s dress as you could be wearing one that's from, you know, 2023. You could be wearing, you know, a 70s miniskirt um, in 1973 as you could in 2023. You know, there just is all of this opportunity for um, expressing yourself in a way that prior to the 70s, we just didn't have. So it's really it's really important to me when in creating something that's timeless that we incorporate all the things that we have at our disposal now. And, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of using vintage clothes and, and incorporating them. And, and, um, and I, I'm really believe in sustainability. So as much as I can do in any given situation, I'm going to lean always in that direction. Absolutely. My mom is someone who, I mean, she was born 1959 and she has always been into fashion. And when she had her own business in her 20s, you know, she loved to buy designer things. And she has just, uh, she has so many clothes, more clothes than anybody I know. She has so many clothes because she doesn't get rid of them. And I used to give her a hard time for that. But now that I'm older and, you know, I'd rather... Just I, I, I like to go through her closet and I love to wear her vintage stuff, which honestly, the material is often better than what I would buy elsewhere in many places. It's so true. But how fun for you that, that she collector like that. How cool. <laughs> I know. And she could, I mean, she has a lot of great, beautiful designer stuff too. So I'm like, mom, you could sell this closet and, you know be good you know but she she keeps she keeps it and I I appreciate it now because now I get to wear vintage designer things (laughs) I love that that's so great and you know when you have an eye for um special pieces and you've enjoyed the process of wearing those and you they can become keepsakes you know yes just an heirloom piece of jewelry or a book or a you know piece of art you know, fashion is, is also in that same vein, something special to pass along to, you know, family. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was her whole purpose too. She's like, I know I'll have a daughter one day. I'm going to keep these clothes. And then she thinks I'm going to have a uh, daughter. So she's going to keep her clothes for them. But also I think she just wants to keep her clothes, you know, even though she doesn't wear them and they're collecting <laughs> dust. <laughs> you know what though i i love her for doing it because so many people are so quick to get rid of things yeah thinking oh it doesn't fit or i it's not in fashion anymore so i think that's really fun that she kept things and they were special pieces that she would want to give to you and to any children you might have and it's fun to tweak some things like you know how in the 80s, they had the shoulder pads, yeah, just like the broad shoulder for some reason. So now I just take those out or I'll tweak it in some way, tailor it in some way. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's so fun. Do you happen to have a favorite era of fashion? Mm, I am definitely a 70s baby. Yeah. I love 70s music. I love 70s fashion. Um, you know, there's just a freedom to it that, I don't know, just puts me in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> you would like my mom's closet oh, then. <laughs> oh my God. Sure I would. Yeah. It's mostly seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah. Well, do you have any other messages before I move on to rapid fire? You know, really, this has been so fun to talk to you. And I, I really, I can tell that, you know, you're a creative person and you want to, Um, dig into what makes people passionate about what they do so that's been really fun to chat with you and and you know I think I think that's to me that's just the way forward I mean I think we learned more so than any other time during the pandemic because it was this involuntary stop that we all have to get really clear on what it is that we want to spend our time doing and who we want to spend our time doing it with you know so I think there was this, you know, people keep saying it was this great reset, but, you know, in many ways it was because I think we all got really clear of like, wait, now that I've had time away from it, I don't think I want to go back to 
that job doing that thing with those people, I think I'd rather pursue something that I feel more passionate about. 100%. Yeah. And we all need to really stay focused on that because I think the objective is joy. Yes. And staying focused on that and really figuring that out uh, is a, is a, you know, absolutely crucial um, component of, of like why we're here and, and, uh, and how we can do it, you know? Absolutely. So beautifully said. So beautifully said. Now, are you ready for some rapid fire? I'm ready. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Same. Favorite form of body movement? Dance. I love it. And where is yoga or yoga? I mean, I go to this hot yoga place called Moto Yoga, which I am so obsessed with. I've heard of that. Wait. Oh, you gotta cry. They have one in LA? Yes. There's three different locations in LA. And it is an absolute joy. Noted for when I'm in a life. Around like a fool, which I do, and, and everyone laughs at me in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, where is your happy place? My happy place is in nature. Yes. Yes. So I love the mountains. I love the desert. I love the ocean. Mm-hmm. I love trees. I'm kind of a tree hugger. Can't help myself. <laughs> but on the beach regularly. I know the feeling. Yeah. Where are your favorite like nature escapes when you're in LA and New York? Well, okay. New York, anywhere upstate is an absolute dream. Mm-hmm. You know? I mm-hmm. love that. I think, you know, LA, there's so much at our disposal because we can go to the beach we can go to the mountains. We can be in Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. um, in the desert. There's so there's so much to see and so much to do. My favorite road trip anywhere in the world is on Highway One from Santa Barbara to Big Sur. Yes. It's so special, and I recommend everyone do that minimum one time in their life because it really is one of the most beautiful drives up. Going up the coast or down the coast, either way. I would say from like Big Sur down to San Diego. I don't know. Can you cut through all the way down? I think so, right? Yeah, you really can. You could take Highway 1 all the way down. It's majestic. But I love it all. Yeah, I love it all too. I love it. I love it. And animal you connect with most, if any. Oh, gosh. I love (laughs) all animals. As a matter of fact, I have (laughs) – my husband and I send each other these animal videos all the time. And so we're constantly trying to one-up each other on the cutest animal videos of all time. Impossible. (laughs) There's too many. Yeah. If I go on TikTok, that's most of my uh, For You page. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you happen to have a morning routine? I do. Um, meditation always first thing. Amazing. Um, then I usually sit and have coffee with my husband. Um, it, my girls are in college, so if they if they happen to be home, we all sit and talk, and um, it's just a really great moment to sort of um, start our day with connecting with one another. I notice that a lot of people that have high intense jobs like yourself really make it mandatory that they start their day or at least add meditation somewhere in the day. And that makes a lot of sense. Oh, it's a game changer. I mean, I cannot tell you since I've been meditating for so many years now, I, I noticed the main difference is just my reaction to things. I just don't feel that intensity or that nervous system, you know, jump into that fight or flight, really, since I've been meditating for so long, you know, you just sort of approach things in a different, a slightly different way. And it's, it's so much better for your mental and physical well being. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you could gift everyone, you know, a book, what would it be? Oh my gosh, there's so many good books. I know. Okay. Um, there's this sweet little book um, that was uh, called Einstein's Dreams, and it was playing with the relativity of time. And I think that's such a good way to reorient our brain to know that things aren't always exactly as we imagine them to be. Sometimes they can, if we allow it, be much, much better. So I think that's a great book. Um, I'm such a big fan of any sort of um, 
poetry or life lessons. I love Siddhartha by Herman Hess. I love um, Rumi. I love uh, I love reading books that are historical in nature and or about real experiences. So sometimes, you know, I'll read anything from Dolores Cannon to Carl Jung and on and on and on. Wow. I had to give wow. one little one book. I I think there's something sort of sweet about that Einstein's dreams. Oh yeah. When you read a book, especially if it's fiction, do you happen to because you have a costume designer mind, do you happen to visualize what they're wearing as well? Of course they sometimes describe it, right? But do you paint that picture? Yeah. Sometimes I do. You know, it's funny because I am the most <laughs> easygoing movie and or book audience. Mm-hmm. I can get into a movie. I'll watch everything from a rom-com to a World War II movie to some sci-fi. I mean, I'll literally watch anything um, and enjoy it. Generally, I'm pretty much the same way about books. I definitely love to get lost into the world of whatever it is that I'm reading. Um, And sometimes it really helps to imagine, like if you're reading something that takes place in, you know, 1901, you can kind of imagine what that world looks like. And it really does help you kind of get lost in that moment when you're reading. I mean, to me, the ultimate relaxation is having a day off where you could just spend the whole day reading. That's like, that's, that's when I know I'm really on vacation. Yes. Yes. I agree. And this is the last question that I ask all the Euro magic guests. How would you advise the Euro magic listeners to create their own magic? Mm, I love that question. (laughs) Um, So I'm a big believer in magic. Mm -hmm. I love to hear it. (laughs) I'm a big believer in, in uh, allowing yourself to be intuitive and to allow yourself to trust yourself first and foremost, um, and to really trust your gut, you know, and, you know, learn to find out what it is that makes you truly happy and to lean into the magic of knowing that you could wake up every day and decide to be happy. And that's an option, you know? And so I think if anything, you work on those things and everything you've ever dreamed of and the things you haven't dreamed of even yet, are going to present themselves to you. Phenomenal. I'm holding my heart right now as you're saying this. It's so beautiful. Um, And also, where can everyone connect with you? um, I can be found on um, at Lisa Evans Style, L-E-E-S-A-E-V-A-N-S Style. Um, Anywhere, social media platforms. My website is lisaevans.com. And I definitely love to connect with people. So feel free to reach out. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Lisa, I am so thankful, like beyond thankful for this conversation, especially since it's something that, well, at first, to be honest, I'm thankful that you are um, so easy to talk to. I was a little nervous and I was like, oh, she's so (laughs) chill. She's so cool. And everything that you said uh, is so valuable for everyone to hear, regardless if they're interested in costume design or not, because there were so many nuggets in there for honestly everybody. And so I'm just so thankful for you coming on the show and sharing your wisdom, your gift, and you are welcome back on anytime. Oh my gosh, <laughs> thank you. I've so enjoyed talking to you. You're easy to talk to. Um, <laughs> I just find that having these sort of like creative, heartfelt conversations is just so well worth our time. So thank you so much for you know asking me to be on, and I'm so glad to connect with you. <laughs> 
Yomis, it is time for the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into the Your Own Magic Podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is alive. And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge too, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at yourownmagicpodcast.com. And there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts, some spiritual or creative tools, and more. And of course, feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send him my love. Jai Mat.